This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. It isn't Friday night, listeners. It is midweek because we are, of course, previewing one of the midweek fixtures. Um, I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and joining me as ever is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show, and that is Sir Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, are you back home and warmed up and thawed out yet? Uh, yeah, just about. It was uh, certainly uh, bitter out there today, and uh, yeah, the weather got the better of the fixture. Unfortunately, one of those things that uh, we can't do too much about, and we're going to have to uh, have have that game again. It's disappointing, really, because we would have liked to have played Spurs. They were coming back off the uh, back of a disappointing midweek result in Europe, and having to travel back from Slovenia on Thursday, I think it was. Uh, it would have been a good time to play them, I think, but uh, they'll have had a chance to to gel by the time that. Uh, the fixtures rearranged. It's going to be probably in the new year, you would have thought. And uh, yeah, it might not be as as profitable a time to play them uh, then as it is now. Absolutely. Well, listeners, that obviously needs no explanation. Dave and I are Dave and I are back home, wrapped up, warm and cosy, following this afternoon's abandoned fixture. Well, postponed fixture, not abandoned fixture against Spurs at home. Um, I do hope everybody managed to get home safely. It was pretty treacherous out there. There was a couple of stretches of the M65, which were not at all pleasant. Um, right decision at the end of the day. I know there's some question marks about timing, but you know what? Let's not get excited about these things. It's a very difficult process to go through. Um, but yeah, I share Dave's disappointment. And also it means as well, Dave, that Tarky and West would have got to serve their suspension against Wolves, which isn't as good as it would have been against Spurs. But um, I think the biggest question mark is when the heck we're going to be able to fit that one in because Spurs have already got a very congested fixture, haven't they? So watch this place, listeners. You can bet your bottom dollar that young Dave will bring you fixture changes as and when they are hot off the press. Um, So instead... We're going to do another preview show because we've got a midweek fixture. We're on to the next one already, listeners. It's uh, We need to have a look at another game. So we will give you an answer to a quiz question because that's obviously the most important thing here. And then we'll carry on looking ahead to our next game. So, Dave, before we um, 
previewed the Spurs non-game, we asked our listeners to ask, answer the following question, which was, after seeing a flurry of five goals being scored during the first half of the match against Crystal Palace, we want to know the last time that six or more goals were scored in the first half of a Burnley match, either at home or away. That was a tricky one, and I think it's fair to say we had to cast our minds back pretty far. Um, what was the answer, Dave? Uh, well, you didn't have long to get in touch with us uh, with your guesses this time, because obviously uh, this uh, match against Wolves coming so soon after the weekend. Uh, but I can reveal that the correct answer was uh, a match that took place against Watford. That was at Turf Moor in April 2003, which didn't just have six first half goals. Incredibly, it had nine. Nine? Which, which one was that one? Uh, the score was Burnley 4, Watford 5 at half-time. That was in the days before uh, scoreboards and, and people didn't really have internet on their phones then. So we were kind of uh, w- actually wondering what the score was. There have been that many goals in the first half. Um, and there can't have been too many players like Gareth Taylor. Um, he scored a first-half hat-trick for Burnley uh, but went into the half-time break with his team trailing. Uh, Burnley went on to concede twice more in the second half. And we lost the game 7-4. Michael Chopra, who was on loan to Watford from Newcastle United, scored twice in each half to complete a miserable day for the home fans. Uh, did we get any correct answers then, Dave? Uh, we had one clever clogs. Yes, we had. Uh, John Robertson was in touch and he guessed the correct answer. He got, uh, he got Watford. Uh, of course he did. Well done, John. Uh, it was a big ask to get a lot, uh, to get any more people to submit the answers because we did have a very quick turnaround from the last previous show to this one. But do stay tuned till the end of the show, listeners, because Dave is going to treat you to another quiz question. So do not go away. Premier League head to head. Okay. So, Dave, midweek fixture, very rare midweek fixture in the Premier League, actually. We've not had one for a while. Um, the Clarets are away at Wolverhampton Wanderers. It is Wednesday, the 1st of December, Advent Calendar Day. Um, and it's at 7.30pm, which is live on Amazon Prime. So, why don't you kick us off, Dave, with the history section of this fixture, starting off with Premier League meetings. Yeah, well, Burnley have visited Wolves in four of our previous seven Premier League campaigns. Uh, We failed to win any of the first three. Uh, We lost 2-0 in December 2009. That was our first uh, Premier League campaign. Uh, We lost again 1-0. That was in September 2018. And then there was a 1-1 draw in August 2019. Uh, We did, of course, have a couple of championship games um, in between those. Uh, However, in the corresponding fixture from last season... A blistering first-half performance saw Burnley take an emphatic 3-0 half-time lead, uh, all three goals coming from Chris Wood. Um, It was Burnley's first Premier League hat-trick since Andre Gray scored three at home to Sunderland on New Year's Eve 2016. Uh, Ashley Westwood added a fourth goal later in the game. Uh, That was later on, about five minutes to play, to give us a 4-0 away win, which was also Burnley's biggest margin of victory in an away Premier League match. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Memory match! Memory match then, Dave. What uh, what have we picked for this one? 
Uh, yeah, memory match. Um, it may have only been last season, but we're going to revisit last season's emphatic away win from April for our memory match for this episode. Uh, sadly, this was another fixture which had to be played behind closed doors. So other than those in the press box, one or two Burnley fans in there, uh, there were no Burnley away fans in the away end to see quite a magnificent first-half performance, which came a little bit by surprise. Uh, Burnley had lost the three previous Premier League games, Uh, prior to that, and had only won one in the previous nine. Uh, Chris Wood's clinical finishing resulted in goals in the 15th and 21st minutes, but the New Zealander topped off a magnificent first-half performance with a header just before the break to complete his hat-trick and put the visitors into a dominant position at half-time. After the break, Vidra thought he'd made it four, but his effort was ruled out for offside after a VAR review. However, before the end, Ashley Westwood, as we've mentioned already, added another to complete an emphatic away win, and more importantly, earning us another three vital points towards safety, as well as helping our goal difference. What would we give for the same again this time? Yeah, we absolutely will. And you know what, Dave? We probably will. So let's not uh, let's not be too concerned about that, because it's, uh, it's going to be a good win. On this day! On this day, then, please, what happened today in a previous year? Yes, Wednesday, the 1st of December, a Burnley have won eight of the previous 15 matches we've played on that date. Um, in the very first season of the Football League, Burnley travelled to Accrington and we were beaten 5-1 at our local rivals on 1st of December 1888. Uh, even Burnley's goal that day was credited as an own goal to Accrington's goalkeeper, Johnny Horn. However, our next four games on 1st of December were all Burnley home wins. We beat uh, Woolwich Arsenal, as they were known then, uh, 3-0 in 1900. Uh, we won 1-0 against Gainsborough Trinity in 1906. And we had a 3-2 win against Newcastle United in 1923, followed by a 4-1 win over Portsmouth in 1928. Uh, George Beale scored a first-half hat-trick in that game. Um, The next two matches on this date were both 1-1 draws, firstly at Bradford Park Avenue in 1934 and then at home to Chelsea in 1951. In 1956, we managed a 2-1 home win over Charlton Athletic, but we failed to win any of the next three. Uh, A 2-1 defeat at Nottingham Forest in 1962, a goalless draw at Bristol Rovers in 1979 and then a 2-1 defeat at Millwall in 1984. Uh, We've won three of our last four games on the 1st of December. Uh, That was starting with a 2-0 home win over Cardiff City in 1990, Uh, then a couple of away wins, firstly by a 2-1 scoreline at Crystal Palace in 2001, and then a 3-1 scoreline at Charlton in 2007. Uh, our most recent uh, game on the 1st of December was in 2018. Uh, that was an away game we played at Crystal Palace, uh, which we lost 2-0. Uh, so to summarise, our overall record for the 1st of December is quite good. Played 15, won 8, drawn 3 and lost 4. We have 25 goals for and 19 against. That's what I like to hear, Dave. Good positive ones. Club Connection! Um, Well, the first half of this season, we have been bringing you our club connection section. Um, And that's where we look at players who have spent time at both clubs. And remember, one player in particular, or as Dave likes to do, as many as he feels like on that particular week. But who are we going to focus on this episode, please, Dave? I have no idea on what you've done. 
<laughs> right, well, by my reckoning, there are 29 different players who've represented both clubs since the Second World War. Uh, but I've decided to go rogue again this week, you'll be pleased to know, and I've handpicked one particular player to focus on. Uh, it means I've overlooked the likes of Dave Thomas, Steve Kinden, Ray Hankin, Roger Eli, Paul Cook, Mo Kamara, Adi Akinbae, Joey G. Johnson, Jason Shackle, David Jones, Stephen Ward and Michael Kitely, and several more in favour of a player who captained Burnley to not one but two promotions during the 1990s, and that's central defender John Pender. Oh, John Pender. Oh, Good fond memories from a lot of um, a certain generation of Clarets fans, um, particularly those who are probably around their late 30s, 40s now, um, of, of this particular player. Oh, I, I love John Pender. He was obviously um captain who was hugely influential, so I can't get my words out, um, to our side. Dave, why don't you um, let us know what you've picked to highlight, please? Right, well, he was born in Luton in 1963 and started his football career at Wolves and was part of their team that won promotion to the top flight in 1982-83. They were relegated back the following season, but he played another couple of seasons there, making well over 100 appearances before joining Charlton Athletic in the summer of 1985. Uh, There was one more move uh, to Bristol City in October 1987 before Frank Casper brought him to Burnley, initially on loan at the start of the 1990-91 season, before the move was made permanent for a transfer fee of £70,000. Although Burnley missed out on promotion via the playoffs that season, 1990-91, John Pender became a valuable member of the team and was captain for the following season which ended with promotion when the Clarets won the 1991-92 fourth division title. He remained at the club and two seasons later, in 1993-94, he became Burnley's first ever winning captain at Wembley, climbing the famous 39 steps to receive the playoff final trophy after we'd beaten Stockport County. Following that promotion, he didn't really get too much of a look-in in the team after Mark Wynne Stanley was brought in and he eventually left Turf Moor to join Wigan Athletic, where he was also captain before ending his career, uh, playing career at Rochdale. Uh, last week, ITV Granada News featured interviews with John Pender, who was 58 just over a week ago, and his family. Uh, it was difficult to watch for anyone who remembers the tough-tackling central defender who was the bedrock of the Burnley defence for the first half of the 1990s. However, by revealing his diagnosis of MND and the difficulties he and his family face, it does help to raise awareness of this very debilitating disease. Yeah, it really does. Um, and listeners, we want to hear your memories of John Pender's time at Burnley, please. Um, we didn't, you didn't disappoint us, those of you who've already sent them in. Several of you remember being a Burnley mascot and walking out onto the pitch with John Pender, and some of you even shared pictures. Um, we got some from CJB, I think that's at CJ1606 on Twitter, uh, Patrick Walton, James Williamson, and also Richard Steele's cousin, Matt Rich, from the analysis show, in part of Team Known and Ever. Um, several of you actually recalled that memorable Burnley playoff final at Wembley um, against Stockport County, and John Pender going up to receive the trophy. That was mentioned, I think, by Daniel Frey, and John Robertson um, and we also received memories of John Pender's goal scoring exploits from Mike who recalled a late winner at Plymouth Argyle in 1993 um, I think we also heard from Rob Skeeth who recalled matches at Turf Moor with his dad and John Pender's no-nonsense attitude as a centre-half the characteristics of a Burnley football club centre-half for sure and um, 
so do you know thank you for those who've already sent in those memories and and do please keep coming them through we do love to, to see them so if anyone's got any more and um, you know how to get in touch with us you can tweet us at known and ever you can post comments on our facebook page or you can just drop us a line at preview show at known we would love to hear your memories that's the first half of the show then dave and um we've covered off our history section haven't we so we need to bring you right up to date with the future um section starting with our scouting report scouting report yeah over the summer wolves appointed 45 year old bruno large as nuno espirito santo's replacement born in portugal he was benfica manager from january 2019 to june 2020 but prior to that, he'd also been an assistant manager uh, in England under Carlos Cavalhal with Sheffield Wednesday and also Swansea City. Um, in addition to the loan signings of South Korean striker He Chan Huang from Leipzig and Portuguese right winger Francisco Trinsau from Barcelona, Wolves spent in the region of £25 million on four permanent signings. The most expensive was Ryan Aitnouri for £10 million, but they also added goalkeeper Jose Sarr from Olympiacos, as well as a couple of young defenders, Colombian Yeson Mosquera and Hungarian Bendeguez Bola. Uh, at the weekend, Wolves played out a 0-0 draw at Norwich and lined up with this starting eleven. Jose Sarr was in goal with a back three of Max Kilman, Connor Cody and Roman Sace. Um, Nelson Semedo and Ryan Aitnori played on the wings, with Ruben Neves and João Martinho in the middle. Up front, Raul Jimenez led the line, flanked by Francisco Trinsau and He Chan Wang. Um, Wolves currently have quite a long list of players who are missing due to illness, injury or suspension. Uh, Ruben Neves picked up his fifth yellow card at Norwich on Saturday, so he'll have to sit out the game on Wednesday. And they're also likely to be missing the likes of Daniel Podence, who has had COVID, um, as well as Willie Bolly and Hugo Bueno, who are suffering from more conventional strains. Um, they also have longer-term injuries, including Johnny Otto, Pedro Neto and Yerson Mosquera. Um, in terms of this season's FPL, uh, goalkeeper Jose Sarr leads the way for Wolves with 58 points, and Raul Jimenez is currently in second place on 53. Uh, Connor Code is in third on 48 points. Uh, their top goal scorer so far in the Premier League is He Chan Wang with four. Good stuff. What about the referee then, Dave? Who do we expect to be marshalling the game at uh, Wednesday night, please? Uh, well, the man who's been re uh, appointed as referee for this match on Wednesday will be John Brooks from Melton Mowbray. And if you think that's um, a new name, then it, it is. He's uh, he's affiliated to the Leicestershire and Rutland County Football Association. But this will be the first time he's taken charge of a Burnley game. He started uh, taking charge of football league games at the start of the 2016-17 season. Uh, that was after we'd been promoted to the Premier League, which is probably why we haven't had him before. Um, and he was promoted from the Select 2 group of, of officials to the Select 1 group. They're the ones who predominantly take charge of Premier League games at the start of this season. Uh, so far, he's refereed 94 games, with 90 of those in the Championship, plus a handful in Leagues 1 and 2 and the Carabao Cup. Uh, despite his promotion to the Select One group, this is also his first appointment as a referee for a Premier League match. They've left it, uh, well, 13 weeks to uh, to give him his first appointment. In terms of red cards, he's shown nine in the previous 94 games he's taken charge of. And finally, for this section, the video assistant referee on Wednesday evening will be a more familiar name, Stuart Atwell. Opposition View. 
Hello guys, Stu here again from the Wolves Fancast and in a more optimistic mood than I was in last season when I came on this podcast with you lot, but for a reason as well, it's kind of, it's weird because from the outside looking in, it looks like Wolves are still playing with a, a back three with Conor Cody, Portuguese manager, it's all very similar, but in reality, at home especially, it's not, nowhere near what it was like under Nuno. Away from home, we've been very, very disappointing in patches. Um, against Palace, against Norwich at the weekend as well. It's it's very reserved, but that doesn't matter at the minute. We're at Molyneux again, and against West Ham a fortnight ago was probably our best overall performance of the season so far as a, as a complete package where we just look a proper team and we, we press as a team, which I didn't think these players had in them, and they're still not great at it, let's, let's be honest, but... Yeah, we we we've got an identity at home, which makes me think that his methods that he's trying to employ are slowly getting through to them. And they've had four years of being counter-attacking, hit them on the break, give possession away, but hit them when it counts. Whereas now we try to be on the front foot, which is a massive difference, and obviously much more pleasing on on the eye for us. But saying that, we um. Ruben Neves has been as good as he's been since we got promotion, but he's suspended for five yellows. Daniel Pedence, who was excellent against West Ham, is still out with COVID, which leaves us with Adama Traore, who's got 18 months left on his contract. Doesn't look like he's going to sign a new one. Seems to be out of favour, and to be honest, hasn't really done anything at all for me for a long time. So we're kind of a bit lightweight up front, and in midfield we've got Leander Dendonka, who, who's been quite for 12 months, if I'm being honest. So it's not our full strength, and we'll probably only have about six or seven players on the bench with probably three goalkeepers this week, other than the two that we had at Norwich. So strength in depth's not our strong point in any form whatsoever. I think that's going to be the one of the reasons why we might struggle, other than the fact that it's Burnley and we've you've got some kind of weird curse over us, although you did under Nuno anyway. Um Last season, you were superb. Absolutely one of the best sides we played, obviously watching through telly, but I can't see that happening again just because of how defensively solid we are now, and especially from corners and free kicks. We, we Off the top of my head, I can't think of us conceding from them, a set-piece at all, which is a weird thing for a Wolves fan to say. But if I'm pressed for a result at the minute, with you having the extra day's rest as well, it's gonna. It's it's so tight. I can't really. I'd probably say two new Wolves just because I'm a Wolves fan and we're at home and we we've been good at home, like I said. But it's gonna be a lot tighter than people think it is. And I mean, Sean Dyche doesn't even need to wear a coat, so that can strike fear into anyone. Especially Trincao if he plays again on the wing, a traditional Portuguese player in the snow. He didn't look up for it in the rain against Norwich. So at Molyneux in a freezing cold weather on a Wednesday night. I can't see him being up for that either, so we will see. Um, it's one of them where I was up forward to games against Burnley, though. It's it's two proper clubs, and I know we say, we all say this all the time, but the other the other clubs know who they are, and we know who we are. So if you're coming up, wrap up warm because it's not getting any hotter here. So enjoy the game, lads. Statman Dave's stat of the week. Uh, well, I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave, because I know you like to treat our listeners. So why don't you delve deep into those pockets of yours and let our listeners have your miscellaneous stat of the week? 
Okay, over the years, Wolves have had their struggles, uh, rather like Burnley in some ways, and as well as their glory days of the late 1950s and early 1960s, their decline in the mid-1980s closely mirrored ours, and as they fell from grace and ended up playing in the fourth tier. In fact, when the two teams met at Wembley, the old Wembley, in the Sherpa Van Trophy final in May 1988, a match which Wolves won, there were over 80,000 fans in attendance, making it an English record for a match between two teams from the fourth tier. Uh, In addition, Burnley and Wolves are two of just five teams to have won a title at all four levels of English league football. Wolves did it first, and Burnley joined them in 1992, uh, and since then just three other teams have joined that exclusive club, uh, and they are Portsmouth, Sheffield United and Preston North End. Excellent stuff. I do like stats of the week. You throw up some right uh, amazing stats. So love it, love it. Um, well, how are you feeling then about the game midweek, Dave? It's going to be, uh, I can't remember mind whether it's going to be a tricky one or whether it's going to be another one of those good times to play them kind of matches. Um, well, the players should be well rested because they haven't had a, a game to play today. That, <laughs> that might help, possibly. I don't know. Um, one thing we do know in terms of likely start up, uh, starting lineup and formation, the fact that uh, the the match today, uh, on Sunday against uh, Spurs was postponed means that, uh, as we mentioned at the front of the show, uh, Tarki and Westy have got uh, five yellow cards each. That suspension now moves over a, a game. They're now going to miss Wednesday's match. Um, and we would, would expect perhaps to see the same uh, 11 that was announced. The fact that the game wasn't called off until whatever it was, 10 past, quarter past one, means that the teams did come out um, at, at one o'clock. There were some doubts over uh, Jay Rodriguez and Mate Vidra, but they m- must have both passed late fitness tests. They were both on the bench. Um, and as we expected, it was uh, Nathan Collins and Jack Cork coming in as direct replacements for those two suspended players. So I think we might expect the same 11 to uh, to turn out on Wednesday. I don't think we'll expect too many other changes from, from that. Um, in terms of can we uh, repeat last season, that's going to be a very tough ask because it was a magnificent performance and you uh, you don't get 4-0 away wins every day of the week. I think we'd take a 1-0 away win now. Uh, Wolves are struggling a little bit. They've had um, not not the uh, best run of games. Um, they had, a, a again, a disappointing result at the weekend. Um, yeah, it might be a good time to to play them, and it's, it's I think it'll be a narrow one. I don't, don't think it'll be a, a high-scoring game. Um I'm, I'm torn between going for a, a, a 1-1 draw or a narrow Burnley win. Who are you going to get to score? Uh, I think Chris Wood again. He scored a hat-trick yeah. last season. I think he's going to score again. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely um, a, a tight game as well. I don't think it'll be a, a high-scoring game. I'm also going to go for a 1-0 win. But I'm going to go for Ben Meheader because I do. Um, what, what do you do about central midfield? Are you just literally swapping... Who was it? Cork. I, don't, I didn't see the fixtures today because I was stuck in the snow. Was it Cork who came in? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's going to be the. Well, the, I looked on who scored, and they actually had Collins in midfield and Cork as centre half, which was obviously incorrect. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you'd expect that Jack, Jack Cork in the centre and um, and and Collins at the back, and just like for like replacements, really. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, well, listeners, send us your goal predictions, won't you? We want to know who's going to score, what the score will be, and how they are going to score. Please, you know the drill. You can tweet us at no Near Never. You can put a comment on our Facebook page, or you can email us at previewshow at no Near Never dot net. 
Um, do we have any injury concerns? Sorry, Dave, before I just move on very quickly before we move on. I'm not sure we do, do we? Uh, that Well, we, we'll expect to have um, a pre-match press conference. I'm guessing first Wednesday. They'll probably do that sometime, maybe on Monday afternoon. Uh, we do know that Ashley Barnes is out for a little while. Um, he's got a tear on his thigh. It's going to take a little while to... Um, to calm down, apparently. It's certainly going to be weeks rather than days, so he's not going to be available, uh, you would guess, for the next two games. Um, Dale Stevens is still um, not fully match fit. He's played once or twice for the under-23s. Um, but again, I don't think we're going to throw him straight into the uh, the first team. And the only other doubts that we were aware of prior to the weekend were uh, Jay Rodriguez and Matty Vidra, who both had just muscular tightness and they were due late fitness tests. But um, they both must have passed uh, that those fitness tests to be in the uh, the nine on the bench for Sunday. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, well, it's going to be a relatively short preview show, this one, this little midweek fixture, Dave, because, of course, it is Sunday evening and we do not have um, any FPL news, do we? Because we, we haven't really got anything to be able to report. Uh, we don't have the final update yet. They, they, it, it varies the time it comes through, but the time recording, they haven't updated the tables. Uh, but we do know that uh, when we come to do our next preview show, uh, the midweek games uh, straddle Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. We usually record on Thursday, put the show out on uh, Friday. Um, so we won't have a completed game week for the midweek games. What we'll do is we'll do the uh, game week 13 update when we do the Newcastle uh, away preview. And then after that, the following week's um, match, which we're playing uh, West Ham, aren't we? Uh, we'll do a, a catch up and we'll get uh, weeks 14 and 15 in when we do the, uh, the West Ham preview show. And we should get us back up to, uh, up to date again. Statman Dave's quiz question. Good stuff. Well, let's not keep our listeners... Um, hanging on for any longer than they need to. Let's let's keep it sharp and swift. Um, let's do a quiz question. What are you going to set them for this uh, special midweek section, please? Oh, a tricky one, I think, this week. Uh, this week's quiz question is, uh, Chris Wood scored a first-half hat-trick last season in Burnley's 4-0 away win at Wolves. But prior to that, who was the previous Burnley player to score a hat-trick in the first half of an away game? Ooh. That is tough. How I don't even I don't even know where to start with that. Um, let's hope our listeners have got better knowledge of that than I do. How are they going to submit their answers, please, Dave? Uh, you can tweet us or send us a direct message, preferably on Twitter. That's at no Near never. Uh, you can email us at the dedicated preview show email address, which, as mentioned previously, is preview show at nonanever.net or you can also reply to the post for this preview show on either the Known Never Facebook page or remember we're also on YouTube. Excellent stuff. Um, any community news that we need to share with our listeners before we let them go? Uh, well, I think it's perhaps time we gave uh, you another reminder of the 2022 calendar which photographer Clive Lawrence has produced looking back at Burnley's fourth division title winning season. Uh, tying in quite well with what we've mentioned before about our club connection player, John Pender. Uh, you can get in touch with Clive. He's uh, at Clive Lawrence one on Twitter, or you can email Clive Lawrence at me.com. 
to arrange to purchase a copy of the limited edition charity calendar. Uh, that's raising funds for uh, three causes, the Gary Parkinson Trust, uh, the Len John Rose Trust, as well as for John Pender, mm-hmm. who, as we mentioned earlier, is living with motor neuron disease diagnosis. And um, There's also a separate Just Giving page to raise funds to help John Pender. Uh, that is uh, justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash n slash Pender. We'll put that link out when we uh, put this preview show out onto socials. Um, And in addition, an event organised by the Burnley Former Players Association is taking place at Turf Moor at the end of April next year. That's to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Burnley's fourth division title win. um, And that will also be a fundraiser for Burnley's former captain, John Pender. Oh, how lovely. Yeah, do support that, listeners, if you can. That would be hugely appreciated by the family and the organisers, I am sure. Uh, Well, that's all we've got time for this midweek special. It's a nice, short, sharp one. We're not going to keep you any longer than is absolutely necessary. Um, My thanks, as ever, go to everybody who contributed to this episode. To Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. To producer Matt who um, at the moment is incredibly busy and is under a lot of pressure with work, but somehow is still finding the time to get these edited and published out to him. So thank you, Matt. We do really very much appreciate it. Um, To the main man himself, Dave Roberts, who has done an lightning quick turnaround in stats this week for the preparation of the midweek special. So thank you, Dave. Um, We genuinely would not hear you without you because... You're the best. Um, finally, and by all means, not least to you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. We won't be back midweek with an analysis show because there's no game to report on. It was the, the game that wasn't meant to be. So Dave and I will be back next weekend. What we next Friday, Dave, won't we, for the uh, Newcastle United preview? I suspect that'll be the next one, won't it? It will indeed, yes. I think what we'll probably do, given that we've got Wednesday, Saturday, I think what we'll probably do is get quite a lot of Team None and Ever going away to Wolves on Wednesday. So I think what we'll probably do is get them to record lots of sound bites from the game and report and give their views there. And we will check in with them before the Newcastle United preview show. Then we can get a little bit of of post-match reaction from the boys. That would be probably the best thing to do there. So keep an eye out for that. We will let you know on social media what our um, published plans are for this week. Um, In the meantime, I do hope, I repeat, I do hope you all got home safely from um, Turf Moor. Um, I hope you're all wrapped up nice and cosy and staying out of this weather. Um, And thank you again for your support, for checking in, even when we've got nothing to report. Um, I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Ever podcast. Until next time. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 
365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.